0: series on guys and girls and trying to not kill each other in various ways. (laughs) (laughs) With Ravi, my co-host, and we also have a very special guest, one of um, our old-time friends, Sam, uh, Sam Lichty, who is Yeah, another married person. (laughs) I just waved. I waved at the mic. There you go. (laughs) Good good, good job, Sam. Good job. Good job. (laughs) Say hi, Sam. (laughs) Hi, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) So this episode, we are talking about not how to get married or what marriage looks like, but what not marriage looks like between guys and girls. Uh, Specifically, what does it mean? When in the New Testament, Paul talks about siblings in Christ, or like be, being a brother or sister in Christ, treat the younger as sisters or as brothers. What does that look like? And our main contention, our main point, is basically that that doesn't look like treating each other like aliens. It means actually being friends with each other, actually being connected, engaging with each other, without some of the, the hyper uh Sex segregation that is popular and common in our culture. Uh, we've talked a bit about this in the pr- one of our previous episodes about how to get married and it says the, the the courtship and dating aspect of things and how so much distortion happens in there because people are terrified of emotional adultery. Well, not only does that 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 paranoia of emotional adultery impact our uh, <laughs> dating relationships and marriages and whatnot. It also distorts our ability to just, just actually just be friends, which right. is actually a thing. You, you can't actually just be friends with people of the opposite sex. This, this is actually a thing, people. Right. So- and by
1: nature of the fact that about half the population is <laughs> female or male and um, the fact that we're supposed to love one another
0: Without a qualification on that.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> Love one another as long as they are the same <laughs> sex as you. It's not, it's not a thing. But by the fact that we're also the, supposed to get married to only one and not all, therefore there's a gap that we have to figure out how to interact with those who are of the opposite sex who we are not going to get married to. <laughs>
0: right but then also who we might get married to but we don't know yet but we're not actually exploring that at that particular time because there there is that gap because between an actual sibling versus a you know a spiritual sibling because you can assume when you hold the door open for your sister that that's not a proposition of marriage or <laughs> intent right you can just assume that but then some people will not make that assumption that that's not the case with a normal standard relationship between a guy and a girl in youth group. Right. Like, oh, he held the door open for her. Ooh, he must be interested in you. And all kinds of awkwardness. And not just awkwardness, but uh, problems arise from that. So what does it look like? What does it look like to just be kind to each other in a
1: non-fortaceous way? Again, it's tricky because... There is kind of that implied potential for marriage, which is a very serious thing that should be taken seriously, but it seems to be lost that the vast majority of the, that the vast majority of your opposite sex friends should be the ones who you're not married to and that you're, it yeah. we seem to have you don't want to marry the, the majority of that you're trying to <laughs> that you're trying to that you are effectively eliminating half the body of Christ as yeah. friends and family really
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely it's
1: almost like instead of being you know the army of God we're two separate armies that occasionally <laughs> intermingle to have babies <laughs> 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 actually three armies gotta it's supply, the, oh, it's the single say, men those
2: armies <laughs> right?
1: it's the single men the single woman and then the married ones
0: oh yeah 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. because the
1: married people are allowed to interact a whole lot more than single men and women <laughs> right because they're already
0: taken in that sense, which disambiguates a lot which i mean a lot of this because i mean there's a lot of different ways you can approach this i mean you can reduce disambiguity in various ways. And that's really the fundamental issue. Is people don't know what you mean by what you're doing and how you're behaving. And then they assume things in that ambiguous gray area. And so there's various ways you can fix that. So you could, you know, cross the board, define certain actions as explicitly well, flirtatious and other ones as not. So like opening the door is not flirtatious. But, but
1: asking her to go on a date is flirtation, right? Or you can say, like, in some cultures, really not,
0: <laughs> or not, yeah. And at different times, like that's the other issue is like at, at different times in like in just American history, there's been points where going on a date was explicitly non relationship oriented, but going steady was right. that was a now, different now kind of date. And now yeah. if you ask somebody to go steady with you. Now, like people oh, are. What does that even mean? Nobody nobody reads the old books like they used to.
1: (laughs) Exactly. I feel like part of the problem is that we're, that we don't all share the same culture.
0: Exactly. That
1: we all have slightly different subcultures. And Mm -hmm. unlike in like, uh, for lack of a better term, more primitive societies, older societies, Mm. where it was, where your community was much more tight knit and you had a community um social order it was very easy to have okay if if this is the time of year that it happens it's after the spring festival Mm -hmm. and the gentleman the guy if he's interested in a girl walks up to her and gives her a handkerchief Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and it's very disambiguous
0: yeah. It's there's like, a, there's a, a there's a, precise them, ritual. This is what in, happened. That's how you yeah. can
1: tell if he's interested in you, if he handed you your his <laughs> handkerchief.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. Um, I mean, like now if you like asked a person to dance, I'd be like, Oh my goodness, that's like really special. But like in certain contexts, you can go to like, you know, like in the banquet of ball we talked about, and they're very clearly emphasized that dancing with somebody is explicitly not maritally inclined that's not what that's right. for yeah. and so they have they, they disambiguate very clearly which is really critical and important and so right. in a culture like you're describing where you have a in a sense a monoculture in a sense with a common set of expectations and experiences and rituals everybody knows what things mean and particularly in okay, I'll, I'll go on I'll, I'll a bunch of different directions here america is a uniquely a melting pot of of cultures because it's defined as an immigrant created country right and people from all over the world came here this is also a result of globalism where everybody's communicating and watching everybody else's you know pop culture right and so there's all these different influences from all over the place it's also a ideologically pluralistic society where there's not one common set of ethics or morality or religion that you can rely on either so right. you can't really assume anything from that point. But then even from, even if you're only trying to have relationships, people inside Christianity in Protestantism,
1: <laughs> there's
0: a huge diversity within that. There's right. no like common culture about it um, for that. And so there are so many different variables. It's really hard to create. A, we can't just say, okay, everybody agree that, we're all going to have this one form that you fill out and hand to the girl. And that means you're interested. And if you don't fill the form, that means that you're not interested. I mean, that would be convenient, but people can't even agree on anything now, much less they don't even have to pronounce, you know, agree on how to pronounce stuff, much less how they're going to you know have such a weighty ritual like that. So that we have to figure out something other way to disambiguate. So what we propose is this radical idea called, talk to each other.
1: <laughs> <communication>. <laughs>
2: so, tell
1: us about this radical concept that we have just come up with.
2: <laughs> well, you see, in my personal experience <laughs> with friends who have been girls, um, <laughs>
0: As opposed to the other kind of friends who are girls. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, the truth is is i I, I had, I guess technically have, but more had a very close friend now that I'm married. Um, obviously, my wife is um, my best friend who we are now one, so that mm-hmm. takes priority over all um, other friendships, I would say. Um, But before I was married, I would consider uh, one of my best friends. Um, Her name was Mary and or is Mary. He's not dead or anything. (laughs) Uh, But I would say we had a very close friendship and uh, we could tell we could pretty much talk about anything. Um, There was a side of I mean, confession, but also encouragement uh, and seeking the other's well-being, um, Mm -hmm. pushing one another toward Christ or getting help. Um, And uh, we've been, you know, been friends since we were like uh, 13 years old. And so, um, I mean, along the way, there is a point where you have to have possibly that awkward conversation uh, where it's like, is this something that could be more than a friendship, mm-hmm. right? Um, is there, um, are, you know, is has God put us into one another's lives for something more than just friendship? Mm-hmm. And kind of each of us evaluated where we were at and where God was calling us, and they were in pretty much two different areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was kind of that communication Uh, at one point of, um, no, we are just friends. And that's, you know, and that was good. And we could still Mm. encourage one another. And um, I still consider her a close friend. Um, But there was that communication that happened um, along the way uh, over those those years, you know.
0: And Ravi, you brought up earlier in the pre-talk about something that Sam mentioned there is that that was a good. That was a successful conversation, but it had an element of awkwardness in it. Yeah, and that's not necessarily a bad thing.
1: Right there, nowhere in the Bible does it even slightly imply that awkward com, awkwardness is a sin. <laughs> we don't by, get in by if that the nature <laughs> of the way God made us, not being telepathic beings who can read each other's minds, we're going to have to have conversations to understand what the other person's thinking. And to see if we're understanding them correctly. And those conversations can and most often will be awkward because of how they function. Mm -hmm. So what's important is because we have such a, especially in Christianity, we have this like implied um, collegiality, not quite, but this implication that being nice is the key and Mm. it doesn't feel nice when something's awkward Mm. so Mm. we tend to Mm. avoid those conversations even when those like conversations about sin confessing your sin to one another is a Mm. very awkward thing to do but it's required Mm -hmm. and those type of conversations even if it doesn't feel good at the time Awkward conversations are necessary and are a good thing in a lot of cases.
0: Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. That discomfort, that, it means that you're pushing yourself past an area where that you need to grow in oftentimes frequently. I mean, yes. exercise is uncomfortable. <laughs> Correct. Uh, birth is uncomfortable too, I'm told. <laughs> but that's also a good thing.
1: <laughs> you have been reliably informed that this is not a good thing.
0: <laughs> uh, and so, you know, some of the most important conversations we can have are significantly awkward. And pushing through that and then developing that skill and that courage of just bringing up the subject and then not behaving like idiots on reality TV shows that refuse to communicate just for the extra drama. That's not how we live life. Now there there is one, there's another side to this is that sometimes, and I felt this myself, there's a fear of bringing up the subject because it might ruin your chances of, of it actually working out. So if you just like casually bring up the potential of uh, potentiality of interest that can, because you're casual about it and you're not hyping it up with romance and super being super intentional and, you know, trying to be persuasive about it. You're saying, let's explore this together as opposed to you are the absolute love of my life. And I cannot live without you. Then people are like, well, he must not actually be right for me because he doesn't actually care that much. And they'll reject him out of hand because you weren't romantic enough. Right. If you right. really, which love, is all you
1: the know. whole, that whole
0: concept is messed <laughs> up. Right. Cause we need to have those kinds of conversations. We, this, this Hollywood idea of how a relationship ought to start is a complete myth. Um, it's really important. I mean, yes, the romance is really important and, and really beautiful. It's a good, true and beautiful thing that we should develop and do. But I honestly, that particular component of that, that mystery and that adventure and, you know, the roses and the specialness honestly should just be a part of our lives in general. And it should not be maritally affiliated exclusively. That's one thing that I love about the banquet and the ball. It is a romantic thing to have the last dance with somebody. It is a romantic thing to do the bows and to do the dances and do all of these things. This is very romantic. But you're not implying anything flirtatious or sexual or marital about it at all.
2: Because that was communicated at the beginning. (laughs)
0: Exactly. That
2: this is not what it's about.
1: Right. Which means that it's
0: possible to do that.
1: Right and it ties into what we were talking earlier about the um cuz I think during the banquet and ball we talked about it as being like a concentrated culture mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. when yes. you get together you're the there's actually a ritual that they do where you agree to the rules of the banquet and ball you agree right. to be per, to become part of this culture for this weekend. Yep. And then that allows them to say okay and this this is not flirtatious
0: and this so means this for with, this period of time
1: right a similar thing was um at uh team hmm. the boy, the gentleman would always open the doors for the ladies and that's because we were told we're going to open the doors for the ladies this isn't flirtatious this is you serving them right and then there were other things that we would do for them because it was established that here at team Pact, this is what the culture does this is what our culture here does And again, it was a concentrated culture. Mm -hmm. Which which
0: implies that the solution to this is not just an individual thing of taking the responsibility to speak up and say your piece. It's a communal (coughs) solution. It is a family, a church, an area, a, a group of people all saying, this is something that we are working on together to establish. And that, that takes a lot of work. It takes coordination. And it's important though, to work, to bring culture back in line to some kind of commonality so that you can communicate. Cause I mean, you can't communicate without common culture. And if you let the world define your culture, then you're, you're basically allowing it to write out the possibility of you actually expressing the gospel in your life, just right. period. You need to take control of that in your life. Which, surprisingly
1: enough, the world is terrible at. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Oh, my goodness. (laughs) If the world wasn't doing it, we wouldn't have a podcast to worry about. it all work out just fine. But being able to define and clarify these expectations on an individual level is really challenging because you kind of have to be, you know, universe apply and like meta comment on everything you're doing. I am now opening the door for you in a completely platonic and non-romantic way. <laughs> Here you go, right. my lady, which, which, <laughs> which is in a non-marital lady it's, way.
1: <laughs> which is hilarious because sometimes like I would have to do that. Yes. Because I was being polite, but then I like realized, Oh, somebody's going to think this is weird. So I'd make like some kind of, you know, little, little joke at them as they went through, uh-huh. you know, to, uh, what was it called? Like a chicken exit, almost.
0: Yeah, it was, yeah, it was yeah.
1: Me saying, okay, this doesn't mean anything
0: mm-hmm. when
1: it did mean something, but I just didn't want them to misunderstand what the meaning was. Right. Which is really sad because we talked about it at the very
0: beginning. The whole thing is is premised off of it, is that we are commanded to love each other, and Christian love is not just being generically not bad towards each other. It's a very positive, active thing of, and not just being nice, it's like sacrificially giving ourselves to make other people's lives better and bring the good, the true, the beautiful into their lives for the glory of God. That's like a huge thing, like revolutionarily different from what the world is capable of doing because it, it miraculously requires the glory of God in our lives, right? So this is a huge thing. And that we're not excluding the entire other half of the human race from the expression of the gospel. Right. Well, what's interesting is when you look at that, I mean, you could like you read the books, like, like five love languages. Right. And you look at, you know, just on, on a mechanic level of different ways in which we express love to each other. And if you say like if I just like walked up and said some gave a compliment to a girl, I said, hey, your hair looks really nice today. Right. People will interpret that wrong. If I give her a gift, people will interpret that wrong. If I give her a hug, people will interpret that wrong. If I use any of the five love languages, except for maybe acts of service, like holding the door open for or something like that, in some context, it can be misinterpreted, right? right. But, I mean, particularly physical touch has been like completely excluded from the public domain of how we're allowed to express love to each other. And that's wrong, like fundamentally right. wrong. And that's why we need we need to work to counter this to generalize, provide general love to people at a higher level, bring romance back into every aspect of our lives, whether you're actually courting somebody or not, then there's actually a possibility of um, doing something even extra special in those contexts, of course. But we need to actually share this period across the board.
1: Yeah. And just the, the whole concept of one or more of the love languages being cut off, what that also makes is it leaves a hole for those who have that as one of their primary love languages. Huge hole. Right. Like physical touch. If someone has physical touch as their primary love language, this means that they're going to grow up throughout their whole lives thinking that nobody of the opposite sex loves them.
0: They're going to be starved effectively. Right, they're effectively And the starved. first person who casually gives them some kind of love in that aspect, they're going to latch on to it regardless of who that person is or how good they are for them. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you see that a lot, but going back to the communication thing, there's a, uh, in, the, in this romance aspect. There, so when I was trying to find somebody to marry, which is, you know, a challenging prospect for somebody as crazy as I am. Who am I going to find who can actually, you know, survive (laughs) hanging out with me for a prolonged period of time? Um, It is a challenging prospect. And so I had like girls that I knew who I had known for years and years, who I trusted, I respected, I I authentically loved them um, as friends, as sisters, that I thought, you know, this is a These are people all of these people I really like, like, like Sam, like you're talking about your friend, these people that I, I have, you know, shared confidences with, we've done things together. And, you know, I, I think we have enough common ground that I can't assume that we wouldn't be able to get along as spouses. Cause I, there's that awareness that when you're thinking of, of being a spouse, it's not something that you fall into. It's something that's very intentional. Loving somebody as a spouse is something that you choose to do and you work through the issues when there's imperfections as there always are because humans are imperfect and so I had this awareness that you know I could I mean or rather God could make a, a marriage work with any of these people which caused a kind of a dilemma I was like so does which one should I actually <laughs> try to explore this possibility with. And I, and I hate picking favorites. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So I'm like, I'm stuck. And so I was trying to figure out what I can do. How can I you know resolve this dilemma? And so I went about it in a very, I don't know, cerebral way. And I made a list. <clears throat> right. And I, and I went, I went to one of them and I said, so I have this list and you're on it. Do you want to be on my list kind of thing? And it was about as non-romantic as it could possibly have been. It was like it was it was you know like, like a business proposal. It was less happy. Like,
1: did you? Ex- did, my question is: Did you explain to them what this list was? Or yes, did I you, did. Actually, I have a list. Do you <laughs> want to be on? it? Is it a hit list or? <laughs> I like, I like, no, please. <laughs> no, unfortunately, there's no other information about this list. I just have a list with names on it, and your name is on it. Do you want to be on a list? <laughs> I mean, no,
0: it was like, like a, a list to like that
1: throwing I, it into the arms of providence i feel <laughs>
0: <laughs> i was slightly more explicit than that yes okay, good, good. um and the response that i got was you know well i like you and great we have this we, we do have these these you know political differences kind of thing um so i don't think it would work very well i'm like okay fair enough you know um we, can't, all right, and we, we moved on and then later on she came back and says you know if you had, like, said, like, you know, I've been thinking of you for a really long time, and, you know, I, I just can't get you out of my mind, and I, I have the other girls I'm interested in, but I can't think of any of them except for you, and I was I I like, I, I have to ask you, could, 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 could we make this work? You know, I would have, like, said, a, I would have deprioritized those differences, huh? Right? Because right. you're coming out very cerebrally, and you should, should have come more with your heart kind of thing. And I was thinking about, you know, well, that wouldn't have been true, though. Like, well, obviously not, so that's why, you know, it wouldn't work worked for us. kind of. And I was like, well, I get the point. But that doesn't work, <laughs> not on, on a large scale, because you need to be able to rationally look at it sometimes and, and do that conversation and exploration and not just dismiss it out of hand because it's not ridiculously romantic. Right. Um, and then later on, get romantic about it. I mean, like, you know, my wife's when my wife and I started our, our relationship, it was... Um, Kind of accidental, more than romantic. <laughs> um, Sounds
2: like a Hollywood film
0: already. <laughs> a no. meat cute, cute meat. <laughs> so have I? Have I? Uh, have I told the story of how we actually started getting um, courting on the podcast? Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, oh,
1: tell it again. Who okay. cares? Okay, okay, okay. So,
0: so I was I was talking with Chris, Carla's um, best friend, um, about another friend mutual friend of ours. And she was like asking on her behalf, if I was interested in this you know, disambiguation kind of things, like, you know, you've been hanging out with this a lot lately. Or are you interested in her? And I'm like, no, not really. Um, but I have been curious about whether Carla might possibly consider courtship. What do you think? Cause you know, she knows her better than anybody else, basically right. in, in my area. Um, and she's like, I don't know. I'll, I'll think about that. And you know, and I was like, you know, could you like, you know, like maybe you find out like subtly, like figure out like whether she might be interested in anything like that at all. Um, like in exploring the idea of you know, romantic exploration kind of thing. <laughs> so my that was my first problem because anybody who knows Chris <laughs> knows you do not ask her to do anything with tact required.
1: <laughs> Subtlety <laughs> is not her gift. <laughs> it's
0: not her gift, no, no.
1: Does she listen to the podcast? <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, she knows. I've told this story um. and she thinks it's hilarious too. She knows. <laughs> we have laughed about it. She, she's told me this. It's like, you know, this, that was your first, first mistake. <laughs> <laughs> and so she was going on a on a hike with Carla like the next day. And of course, not being subtle, Carla immediately knew something was up because she was acting weird. And so Carla was suspicious. And they're going on this hike. And then, <laughs> and chris finds goes you know screw it whatever hey jay's interested in you <laughs> <laughs> and um ask her about it and everything and so she's te- she's messaging us me, so, so i couldn't figure out how to be set up so i just told her i'm like you what
1: <laughs> <laughs> like oh brother now what this
0: but, but it worked out she agreed i'm like she what
1: <laughs> <laughs> like
0: whew wow that was weird that that actually worked <laughs> mercy of God there um but yeah so that shows actually wasn't actually present for um proposing to court <laughs> it was accidentally handled through a third party um and they came back and I talked about it and like it was it was at the first it was really awkward and we just kind of talked about... Whether or not, you know, the, at the very edges of what might be possible, whether or not it might actually work out, and gradually narrowed in and um, over time uh, figured out that, yeah, we definitely did want to get married. And that would definitely was where God was moving us. That took several months um, to get to that point. And I had to be very patient with it because, you know, Carla is very introverted, as everybody knows, as I mentioned multiple times. So I didn't want to scare her off. <laughs> in the process <laughs> which is why i was so worried about the particular way in which you started the courtship but that was kind of how it started it wasn't some super romantic thing it wasn't like flower strewn walkway or anything when we got engaged or when i or betrothed rather the term i, pr- I prefer in that context that was far more romantic I, I i threw i pulled out all the stops for it um even though it wasn't a surprise because she hates surprises. (laughs) But there was communication about it beforehand and all throughout, and that's what made it work. And so I think communication being key to relational success going towards marriage means that it's also necessary for communication for friendship success as well. And saying, hey, we're not in a relationship. We are actively being friends together and currently not anything else. But that doesn't preclude the possibility that God might lead us in that direction in the future. We're not saying no, period, because things change frequently. Um, And that doesn't mean that we should, you know, make any promises of exclusivity or anything. We're just saying that right now, at this time, this is where we're at and that's fine and staying friends. Yeah, and
1: specifically on that last point, pro tip for all of you people who are let's say under 21 <laughs> you know almost nothing <laughs> so, be about yourself
0: included I will point and, that
1: out <laughs> <laughs> And don't make super exclusive statements about your relationship status because you aren't done maturing, and it's almost certain that they aren't done maturing either.
0: Which isn't to say that it's wrong to even get married and get in an exclusive relationship at that time. Um, yes. I don't think it's wrong to get married young in that sense. I mean, that's part. You don't have to get mature before you get married. Getting married is part of getting mature, basically, yes. in many ways. But um, don't, like, in the reverse, rule it out. It's like, well, I am definitely called to celibacy for life when you're at the ripe old age of 18.
1: Right, like, because well, I just had a breakup from my girlfriend from, from uh, Canada, <laughs> who we were... <laughs> right, I am scarred for life. <laughs> and now I am doomed to celibacy for the rest of my life. <laughs>
0: yeah uh, we're, we're laughing so if that That's is actually you right now it. I'm sorry for laughing at you but you are even laughable <laughs>
1: yes
2: no I, I'm i laughing because when I was like 15 and 25 now but when I was I'm pretty sure I was 15 I was either 14 or 15 and after camp uh, I didn't pull a James quiet but I was like <laughs> I kind of have crushes on these three girls so I sent them all letters and one of them well pretty much one response.
0: <laughs> so, <like, I'm> <laughs> so did you tell them about the other two letters in each letter? Or is it just um, like, I'm just uh, hoping that I get a rate on of one and
2: three. Life. Like way later on in life. No, I didn't mention it at that <laughs> okay. time. Yeah, because that could
0: have gotten really awkward if you like got like passionate pronouncements of love from like three out of three. And then you suddenly realized, oh, good gracious, I suddenly have mistresses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: oh my gosh <laughs> that would have been bad <laughs>
1: uh, yeah and part of the fun of this whole conversation is the fact that we don't have like a set rule that you have to follow yeah no like unfortunately <laughs> it's all about just the bible doesn't common have, sense and loving like, each other right we mentioned this in the dating and courtship thing the bible doesn't have like a list of do this and don't do this because yeah Surprisingly enough, the Bible is like, okay, this breaks the law of God. This is not loving each other. This is what it does mm-hmm. not look like. And Don't most of the rest of it's it's a lot of, well, you figure it out. How would yeah. you love your brother? What's a good way to love them? Mm-hmm. What's a good way to show honor and respect to your parents? What's a good way to how to do that? Yeah. yeah. Seek this, and as long as you're seeking to glorify God and honor and love your brothers and sisters in Mm -hmm. christ there's a lot of leeway open there and
0: and a big part of that is not doing it alone like throughout scripture you see this in multitude of counselors there is safety in that sense of submitting to your elders and you know to your parents as well as to you know your your church authority um and and throughout (laughs) that sense of submission and obedience as the gateway to wisdom is so powerful and so important because if you, I mean, particularly speaking of, you know, you know, youth, younger people, um, who are, you know, caught up in all the hormones, insanity, and, you know, like the perpetual state of drunkenness that is most of adolescence, um, not from drinking things, but, you know, from being adolescent, (laughs) uh, you need people to bring sense into your life to give you guidance to give you an anchor to say here's what sanity looks like past this point here's my experience i remember where you're at and if you're if you're going through with a sense of rebellion of i know better than all of those people who are older than me and i'm revolutionizing the entire state of the world if that's your mindset you're really asking for pain and heartache and yeah. struggle the people who are older than you are there to guide you that's part of their whole purpose on this earth is to guide those who are younger um and so submitting and listening to other people conversing with each other uh, when you're looking for somebody you know asking your friends what they think about who would work well with you and so on and you know be, it, it's a community thing it's not an isolating thing um which is unfortunately a lot of the culture that we have in america in particular is this you know idolization of independence And that's not biblical at all in the slightest. It's fundamentally demonic. If you really look at it, cause that's what demon needs is to tear apart. Christ is all about unifying. The demons are all about tearing apart. And so the whole point of this is to bring better unity out of the world um, and not to tear it apart.
2: Yeah. I think, uh, you know, friendships are a good thing and Mm -hmm. um I think I might have just lost my train
0: of thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a great one though. I mean, I, I heartily agree yeah, with you. Friendships like are a good thing.
2: <laughs> um let me let me restart here and see if I can re-regather myself. Uh, friendships are a good thing. And so often, you know, we're talking about friendship as you know, you're mentioning sacrifice and Mm -hmm. loving the other person. And so often, again, in this culture, we live in one that is like, if, if I feel this is right for me, this is what I'm going to do. And it's very, um, it's very selfish. Mm -hmm. And so we definitely have to search our hearts for that. Um, you know, the heart is deceitful above all else. That when we are seeking a friendship with someone of the opposite sex, that we're also clear with ourselves that if, you know, this isn't ju- this isn't about me, this isn't about what I'm getting out of it, this is about growing a friendship with someone else that you're sacrificing for them, you're doing these things and helping them grow and yeah. having... You know, you might have some weird conversations along the way, but again, having that (laughs) grace Mm -hmm. or maybe at some point you're like, oh, you know, maybe we would be good as a couple. And then they're like, no, and you can be okay with that. Yeah. You you can have grace in that area because you're not hurt because, oh my gosh, she doesn't like me Mm -hmm. now that we've been friends for five years. It's. This this is, is a there's a lack
0: of possessiveness in, yes. in that. being able to say that, oh, okay, that's fine. But there's
2: this whole side. Of, yeah, you know, you've been talking a lot about um, sacrifice and loving one another. And so often rooted in all of these crushes and pursuing <laughs> things is rooted in
1: selfishness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's... Worsened by like the consumeristic culture. Right, we're we're all here to get what we can. Yeah, get what Mm -hmm. you can, can all you get, set on the can. We're trying to we're trying to collect things. We collect friends because they make us feel better, or they do things for us, or it makes us feel good that we have these friends. We we define friends friends as the people we
0: have fun with. Right, which is a very selfish way of defining it.
1: Right, and instead of like sam was saying it's about showing love to each other and Mm -hmm. love is by its nature sacrificial yeah it's seeking the best for the other person it's actively pursuing their best interest instead of yours Mm -hmm. and that because we're fallen and we have a sin nature we have the, a very hard time seeking others' interest.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's a miracle. That's kind of it, it, it's ironic that the human superpower. If you think like you know, cheetahs are fast, and you know, bears are strong, and turtles have a really hard shell, and you know, all these adaptations, and you know, birds can fly—at least most of them. You know. And humans don't really compete on a physical level with any of them, but our our, our unique trait is, you know, we can say technology, but it's actually, you know, the connection of each other together to create things and, and resolve things. So together we can invent, you know, an airplane and fly faster than any bird and so on. Right. So, you know, our superpower is that connectiveness, that ability to connect and relate and over not just the, our time, that are social animals, but throughout time, a long time, we, we, can, we can write books and connect thoughts across generations and span eons. But our, our also our, our fundamental weakness is our incapacity for authentic connection. Because <laughs> our, our selfishness drives us apart. And we need a miracle in, o- in order to authentically connect and to be able to love each other um, truly, as God calls us to. So in a way you could look at it, it's like you know, human um, our, our, our most human thing is our need for a miracle to survive.
1: Right. And just tying back into where we started the the fact that we need to do this and we need to and it it takes effort building good relationships whether romantic or otherwise takes effort Mm -hmm. but it's necessary for us to live the way christ intended us to live as his church Mm -hmm. because what did what did christ say he said they will know you're my disciples by the way you love each other. It's not by the strict rules we follow as to who we date and who we don't or how we act it in. It's not the Christian life. Isn't about a list of do's and don'ts and primarily don'ts, which (laughs) is how the culture and we even define ourselves. I'm a Christian which means I don't do this, I don't do that. <coughs> I, don't, I don't go out on dates. I don't watch <laughs> R-rated movies. I don't have sex before me. Whatever it is, there's a whole list of things that we just, that how do we define ourselves? It's by the things we don't do. Mm-hmm. But the definitional characteristic is that Jesus said, when they look at my people, what they'll see is their love for each other.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and they'll be radically
0: different from what they see in the world.
1: Right. And so that's what we should be striving for is looking, okay, how do I love my sisters in Christ?
0: Or for you and girls, love, your brothers in love Christ.
1: And respect to them and help them to grow more into the people who God has created them to be. Mm-hmm.
2: All right, how does this? How, how does this friendship bring uh, glory to God? Right.
1: Mm-hmm. And how okay. can I raise them up to be more in the image of Christ? Amen. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that's I think I what we're looking for. It's not okay. I have a list of f- females, and now I need to figure <laughs> out which one to be my mate for the rest. Of my life.
0: And the rest of you,
1: and, <laughs> and in order for me to have the. <laughs> candidates, I must at least pretend to be friendly with all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I ones, want, to, and then I'll, I'll ones, want to keep my options open. there their bin and use these ones. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is unfortunately kind of how it feels.
2: Robbie, yeah, admit it. You yeah. made a list. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh,
1: do you even know me, bro? <laughs> yeah, You've written up like three lists in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and those were typically grocery lists. <laughs> no, but so okay let's let's pull this again <laughs> where were we okay <laughs> so in the end the vast overarching spectrum that we have come to to impart our wisdom to you all is not yeah. that we're going to give you okay these are a list of guidelines that if you yeah. do this do that and do this if you follow this list of abcs then all of a sudden everyone will know specifically who your just female friends are and who you are romantically interested because that doesn't exist because we don't have that shared culture and as much as we'd like to we aren't going to declare what that culture should look like because it's honestly different
0: trust trust us it it would it's (laughs) tempting i mean i mean if everybody just did exactly as we said the world would really suck so i (laughs) don't
1: (laughs) mind As surprising as surprisingly enough me and James are also imperfect and so is Sam to a lesser extent but still <laughs> so uh,
0: yeah,
1: there's there's no like we we don't have a checklist where if you follow this list this will be fine and everything will be good mm-hmm. but like as general like principles to apply mm-hmm. the first one, is communicate the second with one love
2: is the friend zone isn't so bad <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. The Quote of the episode
2: bad thing is it, i think is kind of actually what we're talking about oh, yeah. this this yep. idea that there should be friendships between male and females but they can be just Friendships and they can be good, they can be God honoring, and they can be glorifying to God.
1: And then the primary relationship you're gonna have with the vast, vast majority of sisters in Christ yep. is friendship. The <laughs> friend zone. This is where literally everybody but one person in your life is going to live. <laughs>
2: so it's it's a good place.
1: <laughs> And second is just giving the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. So don't, don't assume. Assume that just because the person's being nice, that they're romantically interested. And if you're getting hard impressions that they are, revert to part Point one. A. Point A. <laughs> communicate. <laughs> and... Tighten. Awkwardness is not a sin. <laughs> Especially awkward communication that helps you understand your relationship better. Mm-hmm. And what it also does is it is it clarifies the relationship. It bring it allows you to be closer because you know where you stand. Yeah. It's it like steadies the ground underneath you. you
0: know? Drama Think of it like being on a
1: rocking a ship. Technique. If the ship is tossing back and forth and no one's quite sure where it's going to go next, you want to stand pretty far apart so you're not running into everybody. (laughs) But if the ship is stable, if you've established where the ground is, then you can be much closer because your your zones are clearly defined. And as a general rule, I think that having conversations about relationships should be significantly less taboo than it is. For sure.
0: Which which kind of goes into a kind of our theme for our our podcast is kind of smashing taboos in general, but
1: (laughs) (laughs) well, Well,
0: I think that really wraps it up really nicely though, is basically love each other, prioritize loving each other, even in the friend zone and communicate about it with love so yeah and all whether you eat or drink do all to the glory of
1: god as always that's what we're here for (laughs) okay well blessings guys thank you so much for listening and we will be with you again later indeed adios